Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. I hope the Giro has you keen to ride, despite the winter weather starting to take hold. Fortunately, the fun never stops on Zwift. It's super time efficient, safe and convenient. And it's just as social as your rides throughout the summer. The banter on the group rides, meetups and even in some of the races is a great way to connect with people from all over the globe. There's also loads of challenges to set yourself on the great courses, including riding up Alpe de Zwift, sprinting down the Champs-Élysées, even riding inside a volcano or exploring the Japan-inspired Makuri Island. Zwift is the app that makes indoor training fun. Visit Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial or just to find out more. Ride on and here's Christoph and Macca. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjourno, and uh, welcome to the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you, as always, if you want to uh, subscribe to our podcast, you can do so on our website, sbs.com.au slash sports, or you can, of course, log a ride with our friends at the Zwift. Uh, sorry, uh, joining me is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Mate, day two. Day two, you're slipping. <laughs> Just... I'm already ripping. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, mate. Hey, uh, how's our little mascot here? And Hello to everyone uh, watching. Uh, we need to give him or her a name. I thought Zwifty. Zwifty or uh, Shifty? Shifty. 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 I reckon Shifty. I like uh, Shifty. Actually, we let you name this little mascot that we have for the next 21 episodes with us. Uh, so in the box below, in the comments, wherever you want, uh, you can actually try to uh, give it a little name. Give it a name. Give, give it a name. Is it, is it? Is it ours to keep or is Gero? No, is it only said, on loaner? I think he was pretty clear that uh, that's going home with him. And that's Mate, going I home didn't with hear him say it. I did not hear him say anything. Although and, and, and his four we, children might have something to say actually about we that. Had, uh, we, we, we basically lost the recording from yesterday as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> True. Anyway, joining us today as yesterday, it's Gracie Elvin. How are you, Gracie? Buonasera again, guys. Nice to be back. And yeah, I think it's up to the couch peloton maybe to come up with a good name for that fella. But... Yeah, shifty, not too bad. Absolutely. Okay, let's uh, let's get on to it uh, today. Uh, stage yesterday, first stage of the Giro 2022. We sort of predicted it that uh, Matthew van der Poel was going to win this stage. It was his name all over it. Uh, but what did you make of it, Maka? Yeah, exactly that. I think I think uh, Gracie. I think you picked him. I sort of <laughs> followed your suit and, and said van der Poel probably. Um, Exciting finale. Um, the stage itself didn't give us much, which no. we also expected. Flat stage until that final six kilometres. And then, of course, just prior to that, the sort of nervousness. But that's what you get a lot of the times on opening stages. So all in all, I think the finale was what mattered. And it delivered. Uh, it didn't deliver everything for the Aussie fans because, of course, what happened we, to we'll Caleb Ewan, we'll get into yeah. that. But look. It's it's the first grand tour of the first stage. All in all, I thought it was brilliant. Great crowds as well. Gracie, question for you. Uh, I thought the stage at the beginning was a little bit boring. Another way it went, the way it went on. Is it the right way to start a grand tour, do you think? Look, there was certainly a lot that you didn't need to watch as a fan. But on the other hand, you know, it's in Hungary. It's a new country that this grand tour has come to. There were so many fans out on the side of the road and it was really nice. So, you know, that's not a bad thing. I think that's a really great opportunity for Hungary to show that they're really into cycling as well and to showcase their country. But in terms of racing, I think, you know, a lot of people are quite cautious about this Grand Tour. As we were talking about yesterday, the Giro is quite chaotic. And I think that they're just trying to save everything for as long as possible because they're going to need those bickies in, an, in not too many days, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, yeah. A, there's a certain Mont Etna knocking at the door very in just soon. a couple of days. Yeah, very soon. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so, winner yesterday, uh, Mathieu Van der Poel. Let's listen to him straight after the stage. Mathieu, your second Grand Tour and you are making history again. <laughs> Has it been harder than you thought or than people thought? Well, uh, I knew um, positioning was going to be the, yeah, the key to win today and that was a bit difficult sometimes. I got boxed in a few times on the final climber. It cost a lot of energy to uh, to catch up the guys in front of me and then at the final I just launched my sprint and it was uh, pretty pretty close because the legs were... Uh, we're full of lactate, of course, but yeah, I'm really happy. How far from the finish line did you realize that you could beat the sprinters, the pure sprinters? No, not just on the finish line. Uh, it's like I said, uh, the sprinters, it was going to be difficult to uh, to drop them, but then, of course, yeah, um, it hurts for them as well, the climb, so I knew I had a good chance, but, a chance, but uh, it really hurt. Malia Rosa, what yes. does that mean for you? Well, it's uh, it's incredible after a yellow jersey to uh, to wear the pink now, and uh, um, yeah, we will see what the time trial brings tomorrow. Uh, yeah, there is a time trial uh, for you to defend Malia Rosa. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> well, I'm gonna try again for sure, but just like in the tour, it's going to be difficult. But I'm gonna try. Felicitations. Thank you. Do you think he's going to try? <laughs> <laughs> he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll have he'll a little bit. A of, he'll have a bit of a crack. Uh, um, kudos to our good friend. I love hearing his voice. Uh, Jean-François. Yeah, a, a good friend of SBS and and a, a lover of all um, Aussie cyclists. And Absolutely. he's helped so many over the years. And we, we mention him every year. So good to hear his voice uh, doing the interviews. Absolutely. Uh, Gracie, when, when you listen back to this interview, uh, Mathieu Van is always humble you know yes he was hard yes he was hard he was completely spent at the end of uh, of that sprint we we saw it he, he we saw him he, he threw himself on the grass straight uh, straight at the, the finish line he needed a bit of a breather this was actually a few minutes after the finish and he was still a bit short of um, of breath but uh, how wonderful is Mathieu van der Poel as as a rider is he was expected to win we knew he could win we knew he could claim the pink second grand tour he was yellow on his first one and he's now pink on his first Giro. Look, that's pretty exceptional. And I think a lot of riders in the peloton are quite jealous of him. He's a bit of a freak athlete, but, you know, he didn't win by a mile. He was really put on the ropes by quite a few teams there. Maka, you could definitely relate to that situation. Sometimes those climbs at 5% are, are a skill in itself because it's fast. It's really difficult. You, you're kind of getting you know, a bit paralyzed in the bunch, but you're still there and there's a lot of riders around you. It's a washing machine and there were so many corners and I was just waiting for a small incident to happen because people are trying to move up, they get boxed in. And so Vanderpol kind of touched on that. It's difficult. You have to keep shuffling yourself forward. What I was really excited about was, you know, watching Lotto trying to deliver Caleb Ewan. But my eyes went to, I think, the fan favourite for the day, which was Vinium Gamay. That was a really great performance. And he pushed Vanderpol all the way to the line. And I thought it was such a great finale. Yeah, yeah that, that last bit you just said, Gracie, I'm with you, uh, Gamay. He... You know, I, I love Van Vol. Who doesn't? If yeah. you're a fan or a journalist or whatever of cycling, but Gamay, being Eritrean, he won Gent Wevelgem. He's created history for himself, for his nation, and he is knocking at the heels of, at the moment, 
the very best cyclist in the world well, on that sort of finale, you, and he you, is right there. You made that comment. You said, okay, look who's won the stage yesterday, Mathieu mm. van der Poel. We're all saying he's brilliant, he's extraordinary, he's from a different planet. Who's second? Yeah. You know, and yeah. by not much. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's another exciting part. And, and don't we love it, Gracie, that... You know, like hand on heart, I love seeing these nations that aren't cycling nations, and and every now and then you you see one or two pop up, and they create a bit of history. And you know, like Richard Carapaz winning the Giro a couple of years ago, yeah. the first Ecuadorian to do so. You know, that stuff is just I love it in our sport that that it happens in cycling. Absolutely, let's listen to him, Biniam Guillaume. Yeah, I was really happy with my result. Of course, this is my first Grand Tour. So it's the first stage, yeah, I'm super happy with the second place. Yeah, of course, uh, my team was super good today. They really protected me and then yeah, they were super good. Everybody they did a great job uh, since the start of the race. And then, yeah, in the end, we make also the race harder in the end of the climb because we need it. But, yeah, in totally, we are super happy and then we are super strong team for Giro. So I say thanks for all my team. My team was surprised me before the Giro. They uh, made a t-shirt. Uh, I was super happy. Now it's, uh, I think in English, it's uh, I came, I see, I won. So, of course, <laughs> I came here to win. So, But also today, we almost win. We have the white jersey. So I say thanks also for my team, for uh, they did a great job staff all the what a great champion it is. I love this story about the teachers. I came, I see, and I, and I won, which is uh, the motto of uh, Julius Caesar in uh, the Roman time. But yeah, what a champion. Yeah, he, he is. And he's, he's actually only just turned 22. Yeah. Let's remind ourselves and everyone of that. And correct me both of you if I'm wrong. I read the other day, as he just re-signed, he signed five more years. I think so, yeah. With Wanty. So five more years. I'm a little bit surprised five years. They're not the biggest budget team. In fact, they're one of the lower budget World Tour teams. But it shows the faith he has in them, Gracie, to sign for that long um, with, a, with a, a smaller budget team. I think that tells us a lot of things. I think he must be really happy there. Possibly culturally, you want to be loyal to somewhere that you feel comfortable to be in a team like that too. That's not one of the bigger World Tour teams. He could have a huge amount of opportunities and be one of their lead riders in those five years. So it's actually a, a really smart decision, in my opinion. He can be comfortable. He knows what to expect. He can build a team around him. And like you said, he's only 22. He has got a long and successful career ahead of him if he keeps making good decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now let's talk about that sprint again, yes. but from a nosy angle. What uh, happened, Maka? What happened? Disappointing. Well, I think before I give my thoughts i think we need to listen to the man himself okay. shall we and um get get his take on it yeah it was the, the first thing i will say it's that's sprinting yeah it happens but we'll we'll, we'll debate this in a yeah. second can everyone on his own sprint i was in third with so yeah perfect for me and then i think like where it all started to go wrong was about here when i started to go left magnus also oh, when i went right magnus also went right and then we collided and then i think i shifted down a gear and i was just way too big of a year and then uh, yeah in the end I think uh, Gourmet and Vanderpool came together a little bit and I was really like way too close to the wheel and then yeah when he propped I just flipped it and it was all over from there. I think mostly at the moment it's just skin but um, 
kind of never know. I definitely, I don't, I'm pretty sure I definitely haven't broken anything, which is good. I felt really good. Um, yeah, I was always, yeah, in that period, in you know, the last K when I knew I had to follow all the moves, um, I was able to follow. So well, I think I can take, yeah, a lot of positives. The team are really good, you know, everyone got to the markers that they needed to get to. Um, so that was super strong and yeah, I think uh, I felt I felt really strong as well. So, so that was uh, Caleb Ewan uh, reacting on a on on basically uh, the mistake he's made. I think he's, he's owning it. He doesn't blame anybody else. That's the first thing we can draw from what he just said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It was his error. Um, and look, Maddie Maddie Cannon said in the commentary last night, as it happened, and in the aftermath when they looked at, he said very similar to the Tour de France stage yep. that he crashed out of last year. Gracie, what do you think? Is is it a problem for Caleb? Is it is it going to get a little demon on his monkey on his back? Or is it that's par for course and he'll bounce back no problems on the next sprint stage? Well, I think he's going to be accused of having a pattern here, but two is not a pattern. I think they're literally putting millimetres into these hectic sprints and they have to make split second decisions from the footage. What I was pulling out of it was everyone was cross-eyed. It was probably one of the hardest sprints he's probably ever had to do for sure. There was a bit of deja vu there from the tour last year, but look, there's so many factors at play in those sprints. Gourmet just, it looked like he just backed off just, you know, half a percent. And that made all the difference because Caleb, has a certain sprint style. He's so low. It would have been incredibly difficult to get through that climb. And I'm really disappointed for him. But like you said, they, he owned his mistake. And I think that he'll be very careful in the future. And I, I don't think it's a pattern that's in sprinting. You kind of have to be prepared to crash to win. That's kind of almost a mantra for a lot of these riders, unfortunately. But that's the game. So look, that he, he pushed it as far as he could and it, it didn't work out for him. Yeah, and and can I just add one more thing? And it's not a sort of <laughs> kick in the guts while he's on the ground, but <laughs> from that from the overhead angle as well, and, and from when you watch it in real speed, when Vanderpoel and Gamay passed him, he wasn't going to win. No, Caleb was then fighting for third. You know, he was going to finish third at best, and he probably was going to finish third. So I think even from that interview, that grab of him, I think he's actually at peace a little bit with it. Mm -hmm. He made the error. And thankfully, he's thinking in his head, geez, I didn't break my collarbone or I'm not out of the race and I'll probably, and I wasn't going to win that stage. So, um, you know, it's not what you want to know, but when it's, when it's, it's on, it's the, it's written on the wall to yourself, I think he's actually okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, how hard is those, this, this footage of seeing Caleb struggling to the line? It's, uh, I don't know, Gracie, you've, your memories are probably still fresh from incidences like that, but I watch it now and I think that cyclists are tough. Yeah. Cyclists are just damn tough. You've got a thin piece of lycra on. He hit, and Caleb is this little ball of muscle, yeah. isn't he? And he's just like bounced on the road, but he doesn't bounce. He just hits it hard. You're hitting asphalt at probably still close to 40 odd, 50 kilometers an hour. I mean, on a, on a climb. it's on a climb. It's brutally hard, isn't it? It really is. Sometimes I felt like it should be illegal what we were doing. It just felt <laughs> a little bit too dangerous. But, um, you know, that's part of the sport. We Some of us actually learn how to crash. Um, there's a whole skill set there. But 
Uh, I'm really glad that he walked away without any serious injuries. When I watched the footage, I was wondering if he was concussed, just the way that he was trying mm. to get across the line. Like, I didn't know why he wouldn't just walk his bike across the line. But I think when you've just been, you know, at your max for up to 10 minutes and, and then had such a hard crash, you're probably not able to make very many good decisions. But you know, it's probably really good for him that the first rest day is coming so early. Hopefully that can help reset him and get him back into the race. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, no matter what, I mean, we're getting some uh, some good comments, but uh, this one is good. He's pretty cool. You know, we all love, he's a great character. We all love. Yeah, yeah. And look, the, the good signs are uh, his form's good. Yeah. He's uh, like how many other what, what we call pure sprinters, um, Gamay is uh, no, I wouldn't say he's a purist. He's versatile, well, we, uh, but we outside saw, of Caleb, uh, Demar was dropped about well, a kilometre yeah, ago. Yeah, I think. we saw Demar going backwards. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Cavendish was nowhere near there, and and these sprints don't suit them anyway. So it doesn't mean they won't be dominant on the flat stages. But it is good signs for his form. So. Yeah, absolutely. So that was the debrief for uh, the stage yesterday. We have a man on the ground. John Trevorrow is on the ground. Did you know that? Johnny Damani. Johnny Damani. <laughs> Johnny Damani. Don't ask me why. <laughs> He's got many nicknames, John Trevorrow, but he is a dear friend to SBS, to the whole cycling community, right, uh, Gracie? John John Trevorrow? That's right. He, that man can tell a story and he's got friends all over the world. Very entertaining. <laughs> so I'm sure he's got some gold for us today. Yeah. We've, yeah, got, we've got two mascots. <laughs> we've got this fella here, Shifty. You sure this isn't John Trevon? <laughs> There's some name coming through uh, through the comments. There's some good ones as well. We review them at some point. Uh, let's listen to uh, our other mascot, John Trevorrow. He's with Matt White uh, just before the start of the TT today. Okay, John Trevorrow here at uh, Team Bike Exchange Jayco as we're about to start uh, head out to the start of the time trial. I've got with me Lee DS for Team Bike Exchange Jayco, Maddie White. So, Maddie, firstly, just talk a little bit about yesterday. Uh, I was surprised at how calm it was for most of the day. It was, uh, but then the problem with those sort of stages is it goes very uh, nervous and aggressive very quickly because everybody's fresh. Everyone was fighting for position, and as you saw there in the final, there was a couple of crashes, even on the climb to the line. So it, it went from 3 to 10 volume very, very quickly, uh, and it'll be like that for a couple of days on these flat stages, the easy ones. But today's a different story, uh, man against man in the time trial. So uh, today, now it's a bit disappointing just to lose that four seconds uh, for, for, for Simon. Well, the disappointing thing is the way the commissaires actually looked at that. You know, it was it was so it was classified as an uphill sprint, but there was a crash a crash involved. And if that was a normal uh, flat stage, and there was seventy guys contesting the sprint there, uh, that would have been there wouldn't have been a gap there. So. Uh, yeah, look, it's a bit of a rough call, I think. Um, I had trouble in. counting the actual four-second gap. I couldn't actually no, see it, it was four seconds. No, it one second. So if, if there's a one-second gap, then then the time starts at the, from the guy who crossed the finish line first. So that's why the gap was four seconds, and the next week was 12 seconds and 19 seconds. Yeah. See, that wouldn't have happened on a sprint stage. And, yeah, it was a hilltop finish, but it was just... Yeah, there was a, it was a sprint. There was seventy five guys, eighty guys lining up for that uh, for the sprint yesterday. So, look over the over ninety uh, ninety hours of racing, four seconds is not going to be the difference. We don't want to give away time here and there, but uh, four seconds is nothing. Now, just quickly, I noticed your tactics yesterday. You got a couple of the good time trialers who aren't worrying about GC to back off a bit at the end, so you can get yep. them out early to to uh, give a report. 
that's one reason. The other one is to get because we are changing hotels today. Is we can get some guys to a hotel quicker because uh, it's a long day with the with the transfer. And then we've got you know, Lawson Craddock and the American Time Trial champion Michael Hepburn who will give a give the time trial a go, which means we can see the the course under speed. And uh, and the guys, we have a little bit more information of how the how the course is actually barricaded up and and race ready this afternoon for Simon, who's our most important rider for uh, for a result today. Thanks, Manny. So as uh, John Trevorrow on the ground, and we actually just got that footage. It's, this was filmed uh, less than an hour ago. I yeah, think. and this is the beauty of uh, the internet, but it's also the beauty of having somebody on the ground. Is embedded with uh, the team back exchange and hopefully we get a lot more of these nuggets Gianni, on the way. only Johnny Damani John Travaro <laughs> could do that Gracie yeah, yeah he I'm sure he would have pestered you guys over the years he is the official mascot of bike exchange but you all the riders love him don't they yeah he's a lovable character um despite his nicknames he's a good guy and I think you need people like that around to make things entertaining and he's certainly been one of the key people in Australia to bring some of the stories out from cycling, some of the pro cyclists that have been in Europe. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more from him. Yeah, we just realized the other day that he was at the Eddie Merckx Hour record in Mexico. Yes, yeah. His stories <laughs> are, look, and I don't know if you know this, Gracie, and I'll just mention it. He actually, John Trevorrow got me my first pro contract. Yeah. Um, so he's helped, and he's helped a lot of Australian cyclists over the years. Um, but um, actually, I've got another question for you, Gracie, and your thoughts as well, Christoph. That little bit piece of that interview about the, the time gap, the four seconds, and Whitey made the good point that it was a 70-rider sprint, but it was an uphill. It was classed as an uphill. If it was classed as a flat sprint stage, there would not have been a time gap because of the crash. What do you think? Was it the right decision by the commissaires or the wrong decision? There's often grey areas like this in the rules and some stages don't quite fit into what should or shouldn't be classified as sprint or mountaintop stages. But, look, it was a pretty decent length climb. It was more than five kilometres. So, yes, I, it was a tough one. I think that it was, you know, a good decision to have time gaps. It's a grand tour. Everything counts. Uh, I think you need to have things on the line like that. Yeah, and... and- Fair to say, too, and this is, you know, from the comfort of my lounge <laughs> chair, they didn't ride the climb full gas, I, I don't feel. Like, I don't feel – we didn't – we weren't – we saw – we did see a couple of attacks, but there wasn't this, like, absolute strung out sort of from the bottom was there, which probably helped keep a fairly large group at the finale. So if it was, you know, more than what we expected, I think you might potentially would have had only 20 riders um, arrive at the finish. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about the time trial that is upon us. Uh, Matt White touches a little bit on it. Uh, he's got a strategy, which actually he find quite interesting. Some of the riders will go early and then early back at the hotel. Uh, one is going to go full gas to give information for Yates. And their key rider is definitely Yates. Yeah, yeah. That, that, this is interesting. And, and Gracie, another question for you, because you've been embedded, obviously, in this team for a huge part of your career. Is, this might be a stupid question. Would would um, Lawson Craddock or Hepburn, would they do the TT with a camera on the front of their bike to get a visual of the course? That's a really good question. And I was really interested with some of those insights that Whitey was giving us. Um, I wasn't expecting him to give us so much intel. When I was looking at the start list 
today thinking about some favorites for the time trial i was wondering if someone like hepburn would try or if they want to save people like that because they are going to be very much needed to support the gc guys so it's interesting it's a bit of a tactic as well who do you save and who do you let ride hard in the time trials because as we know not everyone rides the time trials to their max if they know that they're not going to win it um so i don't think that they'll be having cameras on their bikes possibly but they'll often have an extra person in the car and they might be filming actually from from the car behind the rider yeah and i think that they're going to be just trying to get as much intel as possible as you were saying but yeah probably the footage will come from the car not the rider yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's 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 amazing these days with everything you know all different angles that you can you, you, you couldn't do this probably 10 20 years ago mm-hmm. and now you can just about i mean you can you can do it on software you can do a course on with with yeah, all absolutely. these virtual yeah. platforms as absolutely. well way way before the actual race itself absolutely let's look at uh, the, uh, the 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 route for tonight it's a uh, 9.2 kilometers uh, time trial it's a bit of a prologue can we say it's it, it, it plays the role of a prologue it's weird to have this on the second day but yeah. look at how technical that is it is it's it is a prologue. It's effectively a prologue, but it's on day two. Yeah. And they've literally switched it around. Um, I'm not exactly sure why they did it, Gracie. They've put this nine-kilometre prologue <laughs> as stage two. Um, why do you think they did it? Now, I don't mind it, but I'm just wondering why they didn't put the, the 9K time trial on stage one. In my opinion, it's... It's classic Giro. They never really have a narrative for how their stages are written and how the tour goes along. So I think it's just part of the, the planning of the, the overall tour. Um, but, you know, it's not a bad thing. Why not? Um, yeah. this, this stage probably has Vanderpool's name written all over it again because yeah. it's so technical. I think that they wanted to throw in a bit of interest, maybe just, you know, pull out some different players rather than having it on the first day who knows what their thought process is i can't ever make head nor tails of the italian uh planners but you know we'll see how it goes <laughs> and just a, another element to yeah, that this is a profile course. Oh, the profile there you go so that last little chink at the end it's pretty much pan flat until 1.3 kilometers from the finish and it's Average is 4.9%, and there's a couple of, there's a kink at the start of 10 and 14%. Very short. It's only one or 200 metres, but it's a sharp start. So it's going to slow them down abruptly at the bottom. And I'm with you, uh, Gracie. It's, it, nothing would surprise me if Vanderpoel does not win yeah. this as well and take the first and two stages. And if you look back at the, as well, look at around the river, just mm. before reaching the river, this little nook, there's a, a couple of right-on turns that just go, you just think the 9.2, the 0.2 are here. Oh, it's yeah. around this <laughs> this little nook here, but that looks very, very, very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it does. And look, it, it's you look at the start list and I've got the, I've got the team list in front of me. Gracie, there's... You know, I'm, I'm curious to see how Richie will go. Yeah. Obviously, Carapaz is Dumoulin. the main man. Curious to see how Dumoulin is going to go. How will Dumoulin go, Gracie, here? He, it, it's a little bit unknown where his form's at, isn't it? That's right. He's on my list. I re- I think this will be a telling of what his, where his form's at. So I think everyone wants to know, and he'll give us the answer by the end of this stage. It's very unlikely that he won't be going full gas for this. It's a great opportunity for a stage win. Um, but yeah, he's definitely going to have a few 
riders that are going to be very close, if not, you know, beating him. So I, I think I actually am backing Simon Yates. I'm really interested to see how he goes. I think this course suits him. He can be a strong time trialist. He's coming in here with GC ambitions to have that extra intel from his teammates in the morning. You know, like it all adds up. Green Edge put a lot of effort into wind tunnel testing, uh, time trialing at team camps. So they do put a lot of effort into time trialing and, and in the past team time trialing. So that might be a little bit different to the approach of some other riders that don't get on their TT bikes at all. Yeah. And actually speaking of which, the man that we think could win this time trial to, uh, tonight, uh, Mathieu Vanderpool, do you think he's been on his bike lately, on his TT bike? Let's have a listen to him. I've only done one, one, one training at home just to get a quick feeling on it again but yeah i think uh, last year was was really good in tour de france so i haven't changed much about about uh, the position from back then um but for sure it's not something i focused on uh, now so maybe uh, i should make some work of it maybe i should make some some work of it uh, this is incredible the guy is in pink he's done a great time trial in france That's the last data he's got. Yeah, so that, that bit data. about, Gracie, that you said about bike exchange and Yates and wind tunnel <laughs> testing, and then we get Vanderpoel. The last time he wrote it was, well, he wrote it once at home. Yeah, like he, just to get the feeling, though. He <laughs> throws the rule book out the window, doesn't he, for, for modern sort of science in cycling. And I, and I love that. I love that this guy, and there's a few others that do it, but geez, it's just, uh, he, he's exciting, isn't he? He is, but I'll put the question back to you, Maka. How would you feel if you were part of the peloton and you'd spent a lot of time on your time trial bike and you get beaten by him? <laughs> I think it might be a little bit disrespectful, actually, if he's said <laughs> Well, you'd just be, you'd be shaking your head just saying, what, what, can, what else can I do? Yeah. You know, it's a little bit like at the moment with Tadej Pogacar. You know, he's that good. They're, just, they're all shaking their heads saying, how are we going to beat this guy yeah. over three weeks or how are we going to beat him like anywhere? Vanderpoel on his day at his best is like that. And that's, yeah, it's a new breed of athlete and uh, and they're humble as well. I, yeah. I really love the attitudes of these young, young guys and girls. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's all going to be all live on SBS On Demand, of course. Check your local guides uh, to uh, see what time it actually is in which part of the country uh, you may be. Uh, any other news? Do you have anything else for us? Is uh, yes, there is a little bit of news. Uh, well, pretty much immediately after we leave this studio not in this studio but uh yeah. the nrs one of the best one day races in the country the grafton to inverell Correct. there'll be a special show there's a special show 7 p.m on the uh all cycling uh it's hosted by all cycling but it's also going to be on this very own web page or facebook page the sbs sport web page you like that race ah, it's a great race it's a beautiful race tough race that and the melbourne to warnable uh, for the men are the two sort of, and have been for many years, the two sort of um, toughest one-day races yep. to win in the country. So, um, so Grafton to Evenel yeah. uh, in about, you know, I'm just watching, 25 minutes. Do on we know who won? Um, no, we're not uh, going to uh, say. No spoilers. say. No spoilers. No spoilers. Watch the show to, uh, to actually watch it. Find out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else? I think that's it. I think that's all. Settle in for a big TT. Absolutely. Thank you, Gracie, for joining us today. Gracias. A dopo. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Sal, ciao, ciao.
This was the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Uh, before we, we go, remember that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, tomorrow, same time, same place. It's bye for now. Now that we're done talking cycling, for today at least, let's do a little riding ourselves because the fun never stops on Zwift. Training solo at home, I admit, it gets old real quick. But with Zwift group rides, events and races, you'll have plenty of people to ride with and chat with to keep you motivated. Plus, it's got great built-in training programs tailored for every ability. There are even workouts that can be squeezed into 20 minutes if you're really stuck for time. On Zwift, traffic lights, stop signs, busy roads, bad weather, they all disappear. And each interval has the watts and rest periods dialed in for the perfect training conditions. To start riding and discovering how Zwift makes indoor training fun, head to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial. Thanks for watching or listening whilst you're riding on Zwift.